On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we are live from Boston College. We are discussing the first third of the NFL season and the NL and ALDS playoff games. Let's get into it. That's right. So um, I was also on that bus that took seven hours to go from Boston College to New Jersey, and then today about six hours to go from Jersey to Boston College, and that drive both ways should not take that long. But uh, yeah, so Jack and I are a little tired, but the show must go on, and we're here very excited to be very back on campus. Very excited. Very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really sound it, but uh, no, we're actually... Uh, just ready to get back into the groove of school and uh, of our show as well. So we've both got our three quotes for the episode all prepared. And uh, Jack, uh, I'll let you talk a little bit more about it, but we're finally ready to post the first three onto SoundCloud and iTunes. Yep. So real quick before we start off, uh, if you're listening for the first time, this is Senior Quotes. I'm Jack Coleman. You heard Aiden Broderick. Uh, basically, the format of the show is Aiden and I bring three sports-related quotes to each show. The other guy needs to guess who said it, what it's about, and you get a half point for each of those right. And whoever has the most points at the end of the show wins that episode. Uh, Aiden has won the past two, I believe, here at, at BC. Um, so I'm going to try and steal that back today. But uh, we also are on the Apple Podcast app, and we're going to be getting episodes up. We've, we've been super busy, and with Columbus Day and the f- whole fall break, it's been tough. But... Uh, we're going to try and get those up for you soon. Um, and you can start binge listening yeah. to Senior Quotes. Yeah, very excited for that as well. Um, and also a few people asked if we can get onto Spotify as well, so we'll look into that. Uh, but as of right now, yeah, Jack mentioned Apple Podcasts, and then SoundCloud is our hosting site. So we are available online for uh, if you ever miss an episode or want to listen to what we uh, published last year, including uh, interviews and episodes with Tony Reale. Uh, with Pat Light, uh, former Red Sox pitcher, and then um, I mean we've had we had our own teachers who all had some cool sports backgrounds, and we we had a good uh, group of episodes from last year. So definitely uh, cool things to listen to. Obviously the topics might be a little outdated now, but that's why we're still doing this show today. So uh, speaking of which, Jack, do you want to lead off with your first quote? Yeah, I can I can lead off. Um, so I'm gonna start with the MLB because we're in the midst of the playoffs right now. So my quote is, I've been locked in all series. The results haven't shown, but you try to stick with the same approach and not try to change anything. So who said that? Um, It's definitely a New York Yankee. Uh, I just feel very confident about that as we are homers here at Senior Quotes. Um, We're both from Jersey, as mentioned, so that'll explain that one. Uh, I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton. No, you're wrong. Ah. It is not a Yankee at all. Oh, no Completely way. different series. Oh. I'm going with Manny Machado from the Dodgers. Wow. After his big game the other night, he drove in four runs. Uh, it was the 6-2 victory over the Atlanta Braves. Ooh. The Dodgers won the series in four games. Uh, next, they're playing the Brewers. That's very exciting. We talked about Christian Yelich on our last show. So we're going to get a battle between Machado and Yelich. Very excited for that. Um, and it, it's going to be cool because the Brewers were the other big-name team going after Machado during mm-hmm. that run when everyone was trying to get their hands on him in, uh, Good point. before the trade deadline. Um, so he was 1-for-12 in the series, and last night he went off. He, he doubled his hit total with an RBI double in the first inning. Uh, so big stuff out of the guy. Uh, we haven't touched on that a lot. <laughs> um you know, because we've been so focused on this Yankees-Red Sox series right. after last night, I figured we needed to branch away from that for the time being because uh, that was rough. Good but for point. you Red Sox fans out there, good win. Good yeah, win. Congratulations. Con- to quote Conor McGregor, it's not over, though. <laughs> you won the battle, not the war. Uh, so, Aiden, any, any thoughts on Machado, yeah. on that series, anything? It's funny because I, I do not have an MLB quote for this week, and the one that I was also going to bring was about Machado, so I'm a little... I wasn't expecting that. I'm not going to lie. So uh, I'm stepping up my game. Yeah. I told you. Yeah, you did tell me before. But, uh, yeah, let's talk a bit about the NL because uh, the Dodgers really show that they are that juggernaut team that they were last season, and this year just didn't look like the same team, especially for the first half of the year. But acquiring Machado, a superstar of that caliber, you can go from worst to first almost. But obviously the Dodgers have a lot of talent already, and it all started clicking in the second half. 
this is a very hot team and a strong team to take out the Atlanta Braves, who I feel like they clinched their division months ago, you know. So I, I, I'd be a little bit worried if I'm the Brewers, but I'm sticking with my prediction from last week and saying that the Brewers are going to go all the way. Yeah. I like that, too. Um, I would like to see Machado keep this streak going since he had a rough start to that series, but to see him continue this this late push from that final that last series into this next one against uh, the Brewers is going to be pretty cool to happen if we can get that Yelich Machado battle. Oh yeah, but Yelich, like we did, we discussed last week, I am liking Yelich a lot. I do believe he's the MVP, so mm-hmm. it's going to be cool to watch. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I'm trying to find the stat or the the fact, I guess, but I believe the Brewers have not lost since September 22nd. Uh, they went on a huge tear to win the division in, in the last game and they swept the Rockies in the NLDS uh, a series that was barely talked about because it was so one-sided and I mean credit to the Rockies for even oh, getting they this lost, far they lost one to the Braves in that series because it was a four-game series no 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 yeah right you're, the Dodgers did they did lose I'm oh, talking about I'm, the oh you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. my bad my no bad. you're good uh but no the Dodgers that's on right because the they did sweep yeah yeah on the other hand, though, the Dodgers, who did not win, no, sorry, they won their division. That's why the Rockies win the wild card. Mm. And that was also a tight race. But they, uh, yeah, they look like a true contender as well. And I mean, everybody's focused on the American League and all the contenders that that conference has. But honestly, it, it, and postseason baseball it can go any way, you know, any way possible. I thought the Braves were going to put up a real fight and they completely didn't. I thought the Indians were going to be a good team and they got swept by the Astros. Um, I don't know. I, I really am not sure what to expect, but I'm sticking with the Brewers prediction. I believe I predicted the Yankees on the other side, and we can talk about the American League a bit now. Uh, after last night, I'm not so Last sure. night was really, really rough. I really don't know how much of that was Aaron Boone. Uh, a lot of stuff coming out about Saverino today. What, what was it? He didn't... I believe he started, he started warming, warming up, up eight, eight minutes, minutes before, yep, before uh, the game was scheduled to begin. And I think that was just a miscommunication. I know... Mm. Uh, on the pregame show, um, uh, A Rod made a joke about, or I don't even know if it was a joke. Gary Sanchez FaceTimed him, and you know he picked it up, and everyone thought this was pretty funny. And he asked what time the game was, you know, and and everyone was like, "Oh, that's funny, Gary. You know, you really don't know what's going on." And people are now like, "Was he seriously wondering that? Was there confusion between the entire clubhouse? Because it seems like it was Severino, and he did not look." like the ace that he was in the first half of the season mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the wild card a little bit And too. I think everyone looked a little out of it last night too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much they kept talking about the field and everything being all out of sorts too. But That's true. I, I really don't know. It That would make a lot of sense if the whole clubhouse was confused because everyone seemed confused last night. Uh, love, love to see Austin Roman getting some, uh, <laughs> some pitches in towards the end. That's ridiculous. But, hey, I don't know. We're going to see where it goes tonight. Uh, Red Sox fans out there, may the best – Best team win, but uh, yeah. we'd like to we'd like to bring it to five with you guys here in Boston. Oh, that would be absolutely insane. I mean, I know we all have, our friends have been looking to possibly purchase a ticket to the uh, game five if it happens. Uh, at this point, it would be way too expensive, but that is a once in a lifetime experience to see a winner take all, winner go home kind of game between the Red Sox and the Yankees in Fenway. Uh, that would be absolutely, that'd be incredible, honestly. But I, I at this point, I don't really want to. <laughs> pay 300 plus dollars yeah, uh, to possibly see the Yankees lose and get you know really attacked by Boston fans everywhere because eh, you know that kind of happened with us last or two weeks ago when we saw them play the Yankees at Fenway and the Yankees won that game we still got bombarded by boos and by uh not I wouldn't say insults but what you'd expect as an away fan in, a, in the Red Sox uh, stadium but either way it's it's a very unique awesome atmosphere and uh, playoff baseball is something else altogether. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Tonight's going to be exciting, too. I hope it's just a close game and not what we saw last night. We are taking donations, though. If you would like to send <laughs> yeah. us to the game, that, that'd that be appreciated. Yeah, we that we can give you a first-hand report. Maybe you record a live episode an hour before uh, first pitch or something. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we should make a Patreon or, or, or give out our Venmos or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe. But uh, for, for now, you know, just... Just DM us on Twitter or something if you feel you feel generous. Yeah, uh, you want to go into your quote? Yeah. Before I do though, speaking of which, on, on a serious note, we uh, do want to be a little more interactive on this show as well because obviously it's Jack and I bringing our own research and our own topics. But if you guys, you know, it's a sixty-minute show. We have a lot to talk about and a lot of time to talk about those topics. So if you guys have 
any questions or uh, suggestions to talk about, uh, tweet at us or DM us. Uh, the handle is CT Senior Quotes. Uh, CT Senior Quotes. We might switch it to BC Senior Quotes soon, but that's what it is for now. Uh, please feel free or reach out to Jack or I specifically. And that's We're, also where information is going to be put up when yeah. the podcast goes live. Exactly. So when it's finally on Apple Podcasts and you guys want to binge listen, as uh, Jack said, then uh, feel free and look out for us. Maybe maybe put our uh, tweet notifications on even. You know, we maybe we'll start tweeting cool factoids and stuff. I don't know. Uh, if we have the free time for that, which right now, not really, but <laughs> maybe soon. So uh, anyway, I'll get into my first NFL quote. <clears throat> this is uh, a two-parter. Tell me who it's about, like the player it's mm. about, and who's saying it. Okay. Um, I think it's just kind of run its course. We appreciate his efforts, and we just wish him the best. Sometimes a change of scenery is good for a person, and we're just hopeful he can go out and continue to have a good career. This is NFL. Yep. Well, this is obviously someone who's, I don't know, I guess being let go or or traded or something. Um, I can't really think about anything that happened recently. I mean, I know Le'Veon Bell is always in talk, but, like, I'm pretty sure he's coming back to the Steelers. Um, now, there was one big move yesterday or today. Uh, maybe not big, but there was definitely one player. Oh, okay. Go. I got it. I got it. I got it. If we're going to be talking homers, then we're talking about a Giants player here, and we are talking about Eric Flowers, the 2015 draft, I believe. was What was he overall? I believe it was, yeah, it was 15 or 16 years. I think it was 2015, ninth overall pick, pick, Eric Flowers. Uh, You can get into this, actually, because I'm pretty sure I'm right here. You are, but there's a second part. Who said it? Who said it? Um, Hmm. Can you repeat it again, just the first part, just yeah. so I can like get an idea? of. Uh, I think it's just kind of run its course. We appreciate his efforts, and we just wish him the best. I'm just going to go with Pat Shermer. Yep. There. No, that sounds right. like a coach answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. And uh, All right, you've taken a big lead through one quote each. Let's talk about this one for sure. Uh, let's talk about the Giants in general, because they just had a really rough weekend. And uh, this was good as a change of pace almost to move away from the Ben McAdoo era. Uh and the end of the Jerry Reese era and all his failures of draft picks. And finally, uh, get rid of a guy who, uh, he never even showed promise. Everyone knew from the get-go that he was a reach, that, uh, you know, we needed a tackle badly, and he was our, our old GM, Jerry Reese, was addressing needs instead of looking for the best talent available, which would have been Todd Gurley, who was picked one pick after. And uh, if that had happened, we were discussing this earlier, the Giants could possibly be a playoff team right now, mm-hmm. right? Because Eli was still sure. a little bit better than he is now. Uh, or say we weren't doing too well and we still had a bad 2017, then we wouldn't have picked Saquon. We could have gone Sam Darnold, Quentin Nelson, uh, another uh, quarterback who was available. Uh, really, I. <laughs> it's just one of those what-if situations that you wish you could have back, uh, and sadly we can't, you know, and it would be so much nicer as – Giants fans if we could yeah I've I've learned as a Knicks fan not to think back on the past on what could have been because then you just get you know too hard on yourself thank thankfully a guy like Porzingis has turned himself around true but um but yeah the way too many times in the past has it been like oh just a pick below a pick or two below so you can't think like that you just got to move on and look forward um Eric Flowers was never good he was atrocious to watch now, no help to Eli. Eli's been suffering greatly from the offensive line, and er- having Eric Flowers there was just hurting the team. Uh, the only Giants win this year was right after we benched him that game. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you what a, what a slight change can do. <laughs> but, man, that team is struggling right now. I, I don't even know what to say after the Panthers win. That I was, was, say, that was let's, rough. Let's yeah. go in-depth on uh, Sunday's loss because I think you and I both are about to – go on a long rant about this mm. game. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I did not see the ending live. I was outside getting away from what I thought was a blowout. And the Giants did come back, uh, and they were up 31-30. Uh, yeah, our- I called it there. I knew that was when the game was over. <laughs> yeah. I knew that we yeah. were going to lose. And not just, like, no matter how far the field goal was, I knew it was going to go in. But not just that. Like, I feel like every time we play the Panthers, this mm. happens. I think last year, too, we lost on a field goal like as the time wore down. So it was only a matter of time. It, this Giants team is so unlucky, and every possible bad outcome happens. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, it's not a great team to begin with, that's for sure. We can both admit that. But that was un unlucky <laughs> at its finest, I guess. Uh, not the best way to put it. But for sure, there were a lot of calls that I thought completely went the Panthers' mm-hmm. way. And just uh, the one in particular that really irked me was the Christian McCaffrey, third and one. He runs it. Doesn't look like he gets any yards at all. And Cam Newton rushes to the line and spikes the ball. And, I mean, without hesitation, uh, the refs ruled that a first down, didn't even say anything, didn't even measure the spot of the ball. And it looked very questionable. I mean, he did not cross the yellow line on the screen. Panthers fans on Twitter were quick to uh, point out that that's just an estimate of the first down marker and it could have been shorter. Even still, it looked so close, and apparently the Giants were pushing for a check uh, for a measurement, but there was none. The refs just ran through that. And then a few plays later, Graham Gano. I mean, kudos to him. He kicked a 63-yard field goal and looked like it had a little bit more distance on it as well. But even still, that Landon Collins penalty, maybe you want to talk about that one? Uh, well, I wanted to just discuss the 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 play that you were talking about with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. To me, a play like that, if it's rushed, where, uh, where Cam Newton rushed to spike the ball, that to me seemed like it was a situation where you would call fourth down based on sight. Like yeah. that's not a situation where you call first down on the spot. If you're going to call first down, you measure. It, you measure. Right? But yeah. if not, it's usually fourth. And even on TV, it had fourth and one as he yeah. spiked the ball. Yeah. So to me, that was a fourth down. Um, I also heard something about the Giants having seen the replay, decided not to. Maybe to do I, it. I don't think there was enough time in there to exactly. You know, see I, that that should have been reviewed. And if anything, if you're going to do the hurry up and, and spike the ball, that is not a first down. If anything, on site, that is fourth down. Uh, That's all I have to say. Yeah. That, that was very frustrating to me as well. That one call, uh, <laughs> I think that captured the entire game as a Giants fan and how it really went. Uh, looking at the box score and seeing it back, it was close. I mean, quarter by quarter, it's close the whole time. But when you're watching it, I thought we looked so far behind did not look like we deserved to win that. And we, we did crawl back to the end. Uh, the the Odell Beckham passing touchdown was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Odell literally carried the, the team. There was talks before the game uh, where Odell got in a lot of heated trouble for calling out Eli, yeah. uh, saying that he doesn't understand the quarterback situation. Uh, further stuff after the game where he said uh, they have no one to lob it or, or whatever. He needs someone to like lob him the ball, all these tough passes are rough for him i mean you just got paid however much money like you should be making these these passes anyway regardless odell just took over and was like screw it i'm gonna be quarterback throws it to saquon barkley who does an amazing job running to get it in but uh i i think we saw some quarterback flashes out of odell and it was kind of funny and ironic it just shows you the current state of this giants football team yeah for real um I don't know. There's not really much more to say other than we need to look towards the future and we need to pick a quarterback ASAP. We also need to improve this offensive line, which is something Giants fans have asked for ever since that awesome Tom Coughlin O-line retired what seems like a decade ago, which isn't true, but we really have not had a line to run behind in probably like five seasons, and uh, that's probably the most crucial part of any football team. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still a f- decent believer in Eli Manning when he's behind a good line. Anytime we've won a Super Bowl was behind a great line. Uh, it's been a couple of years, but I still think Eli Manning is at least playoff contendable when he has a, a, a decent line in front of him. Um, but moving on, I can just get into my next quote since it's NFL as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so here it is. And these are the kind of things, in my opinion, when we have the locker room that we have that will help galvanize them because the locker room took care of it, and that is all I'm saying on it. Finito, done. Let's talk football, not drama. Yeah, that's it's got to be Pat Shermer about Odell. Yeah, I figured it would just play into what we've already been talking about. Uh, you're right, it is on Odell. We touched a little bit on this uh, where Odell called out Eli and the quarterback situation. Obviously, the dude is frustrated. You saw at the end of the Panthers game him standing there just in shock. The entire team having multiple social media posts of just get, being tired of, of 
playing so hard and coming so close and just losing. Because most of these games, save for the one against the Saints, have been close. They've been very close games. There have been multiple calls that have changed the the span of the game. But overall, I, I don't know. I want to talk, I guess, Odell, is he right to, to do this? I, I don't know if it's necessarily the right situation. But in all fairness, the, the guy is right. Like, who knows what is going on with the quarterback situation right now? He just signed a long-term contract on a team that's now 1-4 and four and looks like it has no real future, honestly. So uh, is he right to be frustrated? Definitely. Uh, is he right to go talk about his quarterback like that? And it definitely seemed like he was set up to talk about Eli in that kind of way. Jacinta Anderson, uh, kind of just listening to her questions during that interview, seems like she was setting Odell up to say something controversial. Wouldn't put that past ESPN, to be honest. But... Um, yeah, just focusing on Odell, is he right to question Eli? I'd say so. Um, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I just don't think he should have done it publicly. I think Pat Shermer's handling this the way he should, where he doesn't want to talk much about it. It's going to be addressed uh, behind mm-hmm. closed doors, if you will. Um, but no, it's just kind of weird. He, uh, Odell was so excited to stay with this team, and I thought he really showed his maturity during the uh, contract extension talks. Uh, all offseason, seemed like he was really controlled, had everything uh, together. And now uh, it seems like we're back to immature Odell. And obviously he's frustrated. You know, he thought this was a team that could win. And so far it looks like anything but that. To me, I don't even know if this is immature Odell. Because the other ones were just him being blatantly obnoxious. Yeah. This is frustrated Odell. I think there's a difference between immature Odell and frustrated Odell. Because this time I'm kind of siding with Odell. It's understandable. Um, You can say whatever you want about the quarterback situation. Saquon Barkley right now is one of the top running backs in the NFL. He's been incredible. Even that late run as quickly as possible because Eli is not getting any younger. And Kyle Oletta as next up, he's very inexperienced. He only played for Richmond. Uh, That's not a big, you know, football team or anything. I really don't know what to think. We, We talk a lot about draft, future draft prospects and what to expect in the upcoming year. So I guess we can talk about that for a little. Yeah, sure. I mean, last week or two weeks ago, we definitely discussed Lalletta really briefly, and we both see some promise in him. But you can't, like, there's no great history in putting your trust or uh, the future of the team in a mid- or late-round quarterback. And Lalletta was a fourth-round pick. Sure, it was in a very stacked draft class who, you know, Mason Rudolph fell to the second round, and we're both believers in him with the Steelers' future. Uh, even still, you need to, if you're Dave Gettleman, or maybe he won't even be the Giants GM come this offseason, honestly, whoever is in charge of uh, making the draft pick next year. And as of right now, we're projected to have the number one overall pick if the standings stay the same. And who says they won't, honestly, looking at our schedule? But anyway, well, we Well, I'm going to say they won't. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, no, I, <laughs> I am, because as of right now, the NFC East is absolutely garbage. Yeah. And I think this Thursday night game against the Eagles is really going to tell a lot about the Giants for the rest of the year. I think if the Giants can take down the Eagles, it, it's honestly anyone's division. Like, Giants can easily come back and kind of still make a push for this right now, which is very, very sad. But yeah. it's true. Yeah. Like, it can happen. Because everyone else is just as bad or <laughs> slightly better. So, yeah. it's really up in the air at this point. Giants have given up uh, 26 points per game this season, and we don't even talk about how bad their defense is. I mean, uh, I'm going to even go as far to say that I'd take the Giants over the Redskins and the Cowboys. It's I, a hot take, but yeah. I think it's a better team than the Cowboys. Redskins are bad. Uh, Redskins, they're equal, I guess, in rank right now, but I think... They're ahead of us. They're are they really? ahead of us. Yeah, the Redskins yeah, are at the top. That's, so, that's Solely so because sad. they had a bye week. That is so sad. They looked terrible last night. That's what I'm saying. So, big game Thursday, we'll... Take it from there. I don't even know. We should lose at this point to get a better draft. I don't even know. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, I was just going to say, you need to pick a quarterback no matter where you're drafting. No, actually, hold on. Uh, we are going to end up with a top 10 draft pick. I think that's a, like that's I'm fair. pretty confident with that one. And there's only one quarterback who I see being a cornerstone, and even, even that might be a stretch, but we've talked about him a bit, Justin Herbert from Oregon. That's the guy who I think looks like an NFL type of quarterback and I mean it's a there's not well first of all there's no hype built up around these players yet you really have to wait till midway through the season as the college year develops or even after when we're in the NFL playoffs and uh, the scouting reports start coming out draft combine goes and we find out about our Josh Rosens and Josh Allen and Sam Donalds 
Um, but no, 2020, we've talked about this before. The 2020 class is supposed to have a lot more quarterbacks. It's supposed to be loaded, and that is well, why yeah. I'm fr- afraid to go with with Herbert. I, I really don't like the pick. I think coming off, off of a very hot year of quarterbacks from this past year, look right. at all of them now in the league, and they're all doing fairly well. Like none, none of them, even Josh Allen has had showings of being potentially decent. Yeah. So I just don't think the year after it's going to be like anyone that special. To me, there's just something about it where I can't be hopeful in like really only having one quarterback option in a top 10 pick and fully going all in on him. That just seems like a Giants move and a move that will probably happen and a move that will probably screw us over in years to come. Now, what we're going to end up doing is picking like a defensive tackle, like <laughs> just just a player that we do not need because we've got snacks and Donald yeah, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, for me, I ideally just want to go all in on an offensive line at this point. Yeah. But just whether it be through through signing players, through trades, through whatever, even end the draft, get the top uh, lineman in this yeah, draft. I'm that's all what, in for that. It's kind of what we did with Eric Flowers, though, to and, bring it full circle. And that's that's fair, but I think we need to prepare even more for that and just go yeah. completely all in. Because I think at this at the rate that this season is going, we need to – I think it's time for Eli to retire after oh, yeah. the season and maybe just do a buffer year with Loletta, Kyle Loletta, see how he does. And then within that year, I mean, yes, it's, it's cutting down Odell's contract. Who knows how Loletta is going to play? We really don't know. We don't know how this team could turn around with an, a revamped line and the offensive st- uh, powerhouse it has. You know, maybe Loletta could do something and make a playoff put. Who knows? But if not, then you know what? Go for a quarterback in that next year and yeah. maybe look at, you know, a big time Super Bowl push or something like that. I'd say one other option to close off this particular topic. If we did end up with the first overall pick and we don't trust Justin Herbert, because there are not, like, there are no teams looking for a quarterback this year, because Jack and I both just mentioned all the quarterbacks that were taken last year. So there aren't too many people or teams looking for their next franchise quarterback, which is why if you're picking 10th, you could have a chance at just taking a flyer on Herbert. And maybe that's not the pick. Maybe uh, we go with Jack's option and take the best O lineman available there. But then again, that is what we did with Flowers. My suggestion, if we do have the first overall pick, is you take Joey Bose's younger brother, Nick. Uh, defensive end, we, this team desperately needs a pass rusher like they used to have with Michael Strahan and then Jason Pierre-Paul. We do not have... I mean, Olivier Vernon used to be that guy, but now he's hurt, and when he has played, he just hasn't looked the same. Good thing that his contract is expiring either this year or next because I think we got to move on from those guys. Um, but I'd say that's another option you could look at. I, just, I think Jack and I both agree. The Giants are not going to be the worst team in the NFL come the end of the season, but we're going to be in that bottom third, and we'll be picking high up uh, to get a good O-lineman or a good quarterback. You know. All right, let me go to my second quote. We can get a little more general or go to another topic in the NFL here. Um, all right, just tell me who's saying this and you know what it's about, basically. Um, I don't think it could have happened in any better fashion than it did. Uh, to have in that moment with my teammates on the field, the offensive line, I mean – it played out even greater than I could have imagined. Yeah, so this is Drew Brees on him passing the passing Peyton Manning for leading passing yards all time Yep. in the NFL. Yep. All you, you can start this off. Yeah, sure. Uh, as the uh, disappointed Yankees fan I am, I changed the channel last night at home. I had to get off the Yankee game and watch Monday Night Football and see how the Saints are doing. And, like, the first or second pass I saw uh, – Drew Brees goes 60 yards deep to uh, a wide receiver I did not even recognize. It wasn't Michael Thomas. I forget who it was. But it was just a perfect pass. The Redskins had terrible coverage, which uh, just, again, shows how bad the NFC East is right now. But long story short, uh, Drew Brees threw an absolute dime in the second quarter. It only took him a quarter and a half to break that record of Peyton Manning's. And it was a really awesome moment. He was mic'd up for it. Uh, just hugged his whole O-line, and then the entire team swarmed him at, like, midfield. Then he came over to the sideline and got to hug his kids and his wife. It was a very cool moment. Uh, really fun to watch. Cheered me up a little bit, and then I got back to the Yankees and just got sad again. But it was it was awesome, and Drew Brees is such an underrated quarterback. He's one of the all-time greats. I mean, he'd end up in the top ten for me. Top five might be pushing it a little bit, but he's got the numbers for to make a real argument. So, yeah, tell me what you think. Yeah, Drew Brees always gets swept under the rug, and that man is so classy. He, he's a great, great player. 
And it was it was awesome to see that finally that moment finally happen for him. Because you never really get to see Drew Brees get any, you know, shining moment. Like there's no real Drew Brees like hysteria that goes on. So I can really I can really appreciate him finally getting some kind of recognition because I feel like it doesn't happen often. Uh, the Saints, though, are looking very good this year uh, behind Drew Brees. You know, you got Kamara. He's looking absolutely incredible. Mark Ingram is back. <clears throat> Two touchdowns. Yeah, awesome game. Michael Thomas has been incredible. Thank you, Michael Thomas, for not scoring or doing five fantasy points uh, more of damage to me because <laughs> I barely scraped by in my main fantasy league. So shout out, Michael Thomas, for being lame this week. Um, but, yeah, Drew Brees, class act. You're right. I'd probably put him in my top ten, and really just a special moment. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Michael Thomas in a, a lame week, quote unquote, four receptions for 74 yards. I mean, that just says how good he's been. Exactly, and that's a uh, lame yeah. week for Michael Thomas. All right. So uh, Brees had 360 yards last night, which is awesome. He's already had 1660 in five games. That's just another awesome season for him. Uh, here's a question that was on Tony Reales around the horn today. Uh, we both said Breeze would be in our top 10, but is Breeze on your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks? Uh, no, I'm actually not going to put Drew Breeze on there. I don't think I would either. In terms of current quarterbacks, I well, would probably consider Brady and Rodgers over him on my all-time. Like, but, looking at looking at current quarterbacks who oh, okay. would make an, uh, an argument for all-time Mount Rushmore. So I was going to say, he's a top four current for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. course. But, but all-time, in terms of players still playing i'm looking at guys like rogers and brady and then i'll maybe look down to i don't know i'd probably consider ah man i'd maybe go dan marino up there and maybe joe montana yeah i mean it's so tough joe montana would probably be my fourth on the spot yeah i (laughs) i would also say brady um i think if you give rogers a full career he'll get it as well um, I yeah, I'm not really sure for the other two, but I guess this really shows that you can the Hall of Fame. We've talked about this in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we touched on this. Uh, I say he does. I mean, he has two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he's top ten in a lot of stats, including all-time passing yards. He's sixth. <laughs> so uh, I say definitely. I mean, I'm biased, but I just think you can't look past that. How yeah. many quarterbacks have won multiple Super Bowl rings, multiple MVPs? But then at the same time, I can't remember if it was your dad or somebody. He Someone asked, is Eli Manning the worst quarterback all time to win multiple Super Bowls? Hmm. Because well, that's who difficult. Else, who else can we think of? That's here? what I said. I I mean, you can't really. I mean, you can look through it real quick. This is a cool topic to discuss as a little break. I, I Like who started as the quarterback? Yeah, started quarterbacks. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't give it to a backup. It would be the worst starting quarterback. I mean, here. I'll, I'll look it up if you want to talk about something else. But this is this is an no, interesting question. No, this is actually question. very interesting. I yeah. want to go in on this. Um, yeah, because, like, I don't know. Eli is tough. Well, speaking of Super Bowl MVP with Eli, uh, I just got a flashback to that Panthers game. And that last drive, that was, like, old school Eli. Like, I was loving that. Like, that was, that was all him for the most part, making that big push at the end. And I thought he would make that big push because I'd seen it before. But I don't know. Did, did you bring it up right now? Um, I am looking for it, yeah. Uh, oh, I think I got it. We've got the quarterbacks who've won at least three is Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady. Uh, but I'm looking for quarterbacks who've won two Super Bowls because there's no way you can argue Eli's better than any of those four. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so let's see. This is one of those really lame articles. That's kind of like a slideshow i got to scroll through. Uh, I just want a list. But, I mean, there's only been 50... His so, brother Peyton uh, Manning with two. Yeah. I'm not disabling my ad blocker. I just want to find. Uh, <laughs> this is just stupid. All right, Eli's there. Jim Plunkett. Uh, that's an interesting one. I don't know. Can we get anyone else here? Bob Greasy. Oh man, I don't know. This is a good question. Uh, because I think you could put Eli past Greasy and uh, who was it already? I forget. Um, whoever else I just mentioned. Oh, Plunkett. Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. Uh, and they're names that you don't really discuss now, but I don't know. Eli has just great numbers, but at the same time, you could argue he has so many interceptions in his career. Uh, he's led his team to multiple terrible losing seasons. Uh, he's been benched for Geno Smith, among others. I don't know. Jim Plunkett, on the other hand, 
Yeah, two Super Bowls with the Raiders. This is probably the 70s, 80s? Yeah, 70s and 80s. And he's a Hall of Famer. Which chance goes to our next so, question. So, Eli <laughs> Hall of Fame. I guess we're saying yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> just based on one other quarterback, maybe. Uh, I don't know. We're not we're not very well-versed in our 70s and 80s NFL knowledge. <laughs> NFL quarterbacks. But, I mean, okay, Greasy won, or is it just Greasy? I think it's Greasy won the MVP in 1971. Uh, Plunkett never won an MVP. Uh, I Based on even career stats, you could argue for Eli over both them. To answer that question, I think it's a maybe. You have to go really yeah. in depth. And yeah. We don't I mean, have on the list we've seen. Yeah. He's definitely in that top three of worst. Yeah. yeah. To win too, because yeah. the next above him was Peyton Manning. So like. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's in conversation there. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. let's move on. That was a little fun break. Yeah. Um, we've got we've had a quote left each, and I feel like we've had too much Eli talk, and it's really making me sick. just just New York sports in general kind of sad yeah. right now. So let's which move is good because we're not talking New York sports here <laughs> for my next NFL quote. So here it is. I think his deal is all heart. Number one, he's got the biggest heart there is. Number two, he's always talking about how he can get better. Now this is a super super tough quote. It really does not have any context. But it was the only one that I could really find about this person I really wanted to discuss this week. I really don't think you're going to get it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, can you read that one one more time, please? I think his deal is all heart. Number one, he's got the biggest heart there is. Number two, he's always talking about how he can get better. It's really, like, without context, it's, like, kind of tough. Mm. But I needed something to talk about. Can I get what conference this player is in? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not giving it to no you. Way. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. All right. So, one of our good friends here is a fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Someone who consistently watches football with us, too. Um, That still gives a lot of options. I'm just going <laughs> to. I want to say one of Dan's favorite players. I'm going to go with off the board, just as a random guess Josh Allen. <laughs> No, and I don't even know who but, said it. But so that's just... but I actually think that's kind of fair that you would say Josh Allen okay. just because of you know, the the context I right. gave. But no, this is actually not even a quarterback. So I'll give you that. If you want to take one more stab at it, we're looking at a wide receiver. Um, Adam Thielen. Yes, Adam Thielen. Who said it? Uh, probably like Stephon Diggs. No, it was actually Mike Zimmer. Um, uh, it sounded like a player. Yeah, a coach. exactly. But. I really wanted to talk about Adam Thielen. I'll give you the half point for Adam Thielen. That was really out of context. There was no context there. <laughs> so the fact that you could pull that out of there is actually pretty impressive. All right. uh, shout out Jack Brocker. That was the friend yeah. in question. Big Vikings fan. Yeah. So real quick, Adam Thielen has had himself a year so far. Now, I know we said it's only the first third of the year, but Adam Thielen has been killing it. Uh, through the first five weeks, he leads the NFL with 589 receiving yards. Jeez. Uh, and I really like this stat. When Cousins is throwing to either Thielen or Diggs, it's a 70% completion for 955 yards and six touchdowns total between that trio, that little Vikings love triangle. Um, so Adam Thielen over the over the weekend in that game had a 68-yard bomb. Really awesome. He was even this, – this is the play in question that kind of gave that Zimmer quote. It was the onside kick that Adam Thielen was involved in, and he was at the bottom of the pile to ensure they got it back. Um, so that was really cool. A lot of heart, big-time player. He was someone that I had in fantasy going at my wide receiver two spot, aiming for that range, and the dude has been wide receiver one all season so far. I'm a big fan of Adam Thielen, big believer in him. Love his story being undrafted, or he was undrafted, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he was undrafted, and he was from a D2 school, I want to say. Yeah, he was definitely not known until the NFL. I'll, I'll, I'll fact-check you while you're finishing. I'm, I'm going to say undrafted. I mean, that was pretty much all I had, but... I mean, look at the difference that getting Cousins in there this year has made for Adam Thielen alone, as opposed to Case Keenum. Case Keenum had a, you know, a fair game this weekend with the Broncos, but Kirk Cousins moving to that team is very impressive, and I think the Vikings are a lot better than their record shows. I think the Vikings are a team that are going to really show up as teams make a, a bigger push for the playoffs. I really think the Vikings are still... One of my top teams that I'm looking at going into the playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there was an argument before the season started that the Vikings were the best team in the NFC. That, I said that. I said right? that they were my favorite team. Yeah, and I mean, they're not winning the NFC North right now. Dan loves to remind us that the Chicago Bears are. 
Uh, which is true. They yeah. it's it's fair. It's completely fair. But if I had to pick an offense between the two, I would take the Vikings any day. Exactly. Uh, in fact, I'd probably take the Vikings over the Packers and Lions as well. And those yeah. are two other very uh, formidable offenses. For sure. Um, so just to fact check you a little bit, Thielen was undrafted. He's actually 28. He was undrafted in 2013, so he's been around. Yeah. But this year and last year have been his breakouts. He went to Minnesota State University, which is not a D1 school. It's D2, right? I, I think so. I, I never believe it's it. D2 when I was looking at some I stuff. I mean, that would make sense. He was ranked uh, 36th in the uh, NFL Top 100 this offseason, so clearly he was expected to make a big uh, push, I guess, after his performance last year, and he has definitely lived up to expectations so far. Uh, Diggs in a lesser role because of Thielen's success so far. But still very, very formidable. Like, right, like Diggs has equally had a pretty f- fairly good season. Yeah. So I, I like this Vikings team. I like this offense. Again, going into the season, I'd probably have them and the Rams topping off my list yeah. with the Chiefs, as I've said a bunch of times, as my like wildcard team that I was like riding with. But, uh, yeah, these, these three teams I still kind of like looking ahead. Um, yeah, I just think if – because the Vikings have a great defense as well. Um, the issue with them is their rushing game. And it's even not – excuse me, it's not even that bad. Dalvin Cook's just hurt. Uh, and if he could stay healthy, like just – it's just so disappointing that he was hurt last season because clearly that is uh, still around. It's lingering still. Um, and the effects are being felt. And Cook's has not been able to play every game this season. Um they still have Latavius Murray as a backup, who was sick as a starter for the Raiders, and he's been pretty pretty good with his snaps here uh, this year and last. So, yeah, the Vikings are still a contender. However, the Bears, I actually it, – it's tough to pick one over the other because we've seen how good and how big of a factor Cleo Mack is on a team's defense. Um, turn the Bears from really – a team no one was afraid of to a team everybody is. Uh, I don't know. Who would you take between the two? Because you are a Vikings guy here, but who do you think is going to win that division? Between Bears-Vikings? Yeah, or Packers. Or Packers or anyone? I'm really not that confident in the Packers this season solely because Aaron Rodgers looks like he's going through hell right now. The man looks yeah. very, very injured. Uh, besides that, Bears, there's, there's definitely some hype rolling with them right now. Khalil Mack is absolutely obliterating offenses. I really, really, really like the Bears defense but at the same time while Mitch Trubisky had a great game with the six touchdowns nearly a perfect game uh, the previous weekend I'm still going to say that that offense is really not all that good Uh, we've had flashes of their rushing game being semi-decent too but I really don't like that offense at all um and I don't who else Lions are always I feel like always there in contention. Matt Stafford is a great quarterback they to me. They're two-faced, bro. They're yeah, two-faced. I really do like Matt Stafford a lot, and I do like the breakout stars of that team, like on Johnson this year. Been very solid. I think that's a great team. But, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Vikings all the way through. I think the Bears will give them a good challenge in the running, but I really think that overall the Vikings are a way more complete team and that the combo of Diggs stealing is is way too much, way too much to handle. And you also got to remember there's Kyle Rudolph on that team too, who's a great tight end threat. And Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. I, watching the Redskins the other day, last night was it last night or yeah, last night, right? It was Monday, Monday Night Football. Kirk Cousins? No, no, no. Oh, the Redskins. The Redskins, the Redskins without, Redskins without yeah, Kirk say. Cousins. No. Yeah, you're right. So the Redskins last really night. Yeah, no. Redskins without him, like, and watching Alex Smith on that team, like, that that whole thing still kind of bothers me. Because mm. I really don't think Alex Smith was worth all that money. No. And I think he's aging, too. Like, it, it's a lot to be giving that, that man. But at the same time, Kirk Cousins won a lot of money. I, I still don't know. I think I may have went in on Kirk Cousins. But I don't know. Like, right now, that's kind of the ideal situation for him on the Vikings. He's thriving out there. Um. I was just going to respond because the Alex Smith situation doesn't bother me because I'm a Giants fan. Because that's, that's it just fair. looks like no, that's fair. such a dumb decision from the Redskins. Very dumb view. move. Uh, they started off hot, and they still are the top team, quote-unquote, in the uh, NFC East because they're 2-2 two and two, and because they've had a bye week. So uh, <laughs> I, it's just such a weird season for the NFC East. You expected the Eagles to be... Uh, the defending champs and looking just as good as last year, and now they're two and three. I think they are gonna really disappoint 
or disappoint us, not really, but but really dismantle the uh, Giants well, team tomorrow. You know who does end Thursday. up looking very smart in this is the Chiefs, like we've totally. talked before, because like I said, Mahomes looks very good, and they had the confidence in him when they were getting rid of Alex Smith to go all in on this guy, which I think is, has really helped his confidence. He only had yeah. – we end up talking about Pat Mahomes every week, but yeah, the dude is still ridiculous. He didn't even have a great game as a fantasy Still, owner. Still got up the dub, though. He's right. still undefeated. That's what matters. Uh, yeah. Same same with Jared Goff, though. Great. He had a formidable game. That was much better than Mahomes this week. But, yeah, Rams and Chiefs, only two undefeated teams and only two teams that I still would love to see – in that matchup. Well, I was about to say, like, I cannot wait until that game in November because then we'll, I think we might have to dedicate the entire show to the Chiefs and the Rams because yeah. we talk about them so often. Uh, and we really weren't trying to this week. It's just like in a in an NFL season of such inconsistencies. They're still undefeated. They're, they're still the undefeated. Like, I can rely on watching that game and knowing that nothing weird is going to happen. There's not going to be a 63-yard field goal to win it. I'm still, if you can't tell, I'm still very upset about the Giants' loss. But Oh, yeah. I really do like both of those teams a lot. I like the coaching done by both of those teams. I'm, I really like it. I enjoy it. It's something consistent in NFL football right now. Yeah, and they are just so entertaining to watch, both teams. Uh, I mean, the Giants disappointing us is also consistent. You could say that much, but let's let's get away from that. We're being a little, you know. Yeah, a lot of NFL talk <laughs> today, so we can we can branch out. Oh, now. so we can finish with an NCAA football quote. Here we How about go. That? Here we go. You've already won the episode. Let's I only, go. I only had a point and a half this week. You had we two. Go. Uh, you definitely brought the uh, difficult brought the ones. A game. Brought yeah. the A game today. The feeling one was a little tricky. I think mine have been kind of. I, I helped you out with Eric Flowers, but I still gave you the full point. It's very uh, Drew Brees, kind of a softball. That was definitely a softball. I think this one is as well, but okay. just, you know, let's see. So, who's saying this? Who's it about? It will continue to be a day-to-day, week-to-week deal, and it's just hard to know. He made good improvement over the weekend. He's working really hard on rehab. He has to get his strength back and feel good, and I just don't know when that will be. Oof. Um, I don't know. If it's NCAA, would we be talking about our own NCAA, like BC? And if I'm thinking about an injured player, then... Being here, I'm thinking about A.J. Dillon, who was injured with the ankle injury, so that's who I'm going to ride with. Well, that's a half point, and then who said it? Um, and I'm just going to go with our boy, Steve Adazio. That's right, Coach Steve Adazio said it. So, Jack, I pitched a perfect game last week, I believe, and you got yours this week, so there congrats we go. on that. Maybe it's good luck for the Yankees tonight. Or or the Eagles, or and as in Boston College Eagles, there we go. Uh, or Take the Giants. Too. But, yeah, talk about... Well, in terms uh, of pitching a perfect game, that's, yeah, that's why I went the baseball point. one. Uh, I got you. <laughs> and it's tonight while uh, yeah, BC plays on else, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, this one's about BC. So, you, you uh, can watch my hand go over <laughs> my head. Uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit. Um, what you thought of the Eagles last Saturday and what you're expecting All right, the from BC them. Eagles, because I keep thinking of Philly when you say that. No, I don't want to think about Boston College until yeah. Thursday night. The Philly Eagles don't play on Saturdays. Yeah. yeah come on. Um, so, first of all, that was a rough game to watch. Yeah. Because I definitely think with AJ Dillon in that game, we're winning that game. Mm-hmm. And it came it was a rough, rough start. And BC always has these terrible starts to games. And that's something that we haven't played real competition yet. Like there hasn't been a team yet that we've played save for NC State. I, right. I will agree. I NC say. State is a good good competition. And it's a fair measure for the other games that we have coming up in the ACC. But BC always does this thing where they start out very slow. We saw it even against a team like like Temple or a team like Holy Cross, where that first quarter is rough. Like They can't get anything going for the first couple things, and I think it's because they rely so heavily on AJ, and yet without AJ doing this game, the same thing happened. So it's just, I don't know if it's coaching, but it's something that's consistently happening, and it frankly scares me when I think of Miami or Clemson, and I really don't know if if we let up a, a first quarter couple touchdowns or something, I don't know if there's any way of getting back into it like we were able to against NC State. Uh, maybe things can change with A.J. Dillon, but uh, I'd like to no, hear what you think I, about it. I really agree with you there. Uh, I like our defense, and I actually like our backup running back as well. Um, something that really scared me this week, though, was Zach Allen's injury. He's our uh awesome defensive end who looks like a potential first-round pick if he stays healthy uh, to the NFL this season. Um, And seeing him go down on a touchdown run, no less, was very scary. 
we cannot afford to lose him on a defense that... He was okay, though, right? Like, didn't he play after that? I thought he went back in. I don't... I'll check for you real quick, okay. or you can check for me, but... I'll, I'll take a look. I mean, that was just... The, I think that was the scariest moment, because I agree with you. We should have won that game had we had our Heisman candidate, you know? And without him, Anthony Brown had a few really nice passes, but... Ultimately, I still don't completely trust this passing game. I think the play calls are a little bit rough. Um, I just don't know if I trust this team against awesome ACC talent like Miami and Clemson. Uh, Louisville's going to be another good measuring stick, though, uh, which you may or may not have mentioned, but that is our Saturday game coming up. And it's going to be fun to watch. It's the first real uh, competition we have at home, but Louisville's not even Louisville, the team they used to be. You Louisville, know? Uh, they don't have a win in the ACC, I don't think. I think they're 0-3, maybe? I mean, you can fact-check that or something. But uh, just real quick on Zach Allen. Yeah, he returned to the game later in the second quarter. It was a scary injury, though. And I know with AJ, too, that's very scary. But I don't know. I mean, with two losses, the season's, I don't know. I don't know what exactly we were expecting out of the season. I guess we can try and make a push for a bowl game. That would be pretty cool. We only need six wins to be bowl eligible. But it just so happens that we have some of the toughest games coming up. So I don't even know if a bowl game is happening this year. No, we would have to pretty much lose out or just win one of our next, like, eight games to uh, miss it. I I trust this team to at least get three more wins. And, And that would take us to not the best bowl. Maybe we could go back to the Pinstripe Bowl and go to Yankee Stadium in the freezing cold in December, which is still cool. I mean, they played Iowa there last year. (laughs) I I would love it, actually. To be honest, I'm not completely... I'm not sad because I know that Anthony Brown and A.J. Dillon are coming back, and A.J. Dillon is still going to be that Heisman candidate next year, and if this isn't his year, which it's not looking like it's going to be as of right now, I mean, he can have some breakout games against some big-name ACC talent, but he's he's going to be back. So Eagles fans, unless you're a senior right now, like it, it's okay. Like there's still chance for Boston College to to step up next year and really make something special out of this. And even still, you know, once an eagle, always an eagle. <laughs> like for the graduates who uh, won't be here next year to see AJ Dillon's junior season, you'll still be able to watch from home. It's not like graduating means you can't root for the team anymore. Parents but. home. <laughs> True. Well, all right. For yeah. most of you. <laughs> um. Hmm. No, yeah, but honestly, like that's—I don't know—that it, it's a weird time right now. I don't—I don't know how I feel in the whole Adazio situation. This is something that I've talked about uh, with my dad, where I don't know—we discussed like—is next year he has his contract till 2020, but do we let him get another year with AJ Dillon and Anthony Brown? Like, huh. is that do we let him finish it out with these guys? And if he can't get it done, then he's gone after them, and we start fresh and and anew. We. We have the athletic program being funded with $150 million coming into it. There's big stuff coming that's obviously you know going to hype up the program and get more players wanting to come here. Do you trust Adazio to do all of this? Otherwise, do we get rid of Adazio this year after a dismal season when we we're supposed to have really good candidates and instead we you know, try to make things hopeful while we still have... A.J. Dillon and Anthony Brown for another season where you can maybe bring in talent with that? Because I I don't know. I don't know what would bring in more players here. Um, I think my argument would be you can't yet fire uh, the coach who led you to your first ranking uh, in 10 years. Which is fair, but at the same time, I feel like that ranking is relied more on the players that he has around him than the coaching himself. I know, but half of the you know, talent of a NCAA coach is to recruit and to bring in new players. And that's fair. And that's, so, that's definitely fair. And looking at some of the other schools that A.J. Dillon uh, dismissed to come here, it, it's impressive that he did choose here. So there's definitely something that he appreciated here. But at the same time, I think player rankings and, and how good players actually perform sometimes outweighs, you know, the coaching or, or even the recruiting. I really do think that sometimes it is it does fall on the player's shoulders. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with that. And I think uh, part of the criticism on Steve Adazio would be his play calling. And, I mean, that's something that really, I don't know, is that more or less important than the recruiting and the players he's bringing in. Because if you can recruit great players and then you can't really put them to use, then what's the point? You know? mm-hmm. I don't know. I I would stand by him for at least another season. We're 4-2 and two so far, and I have no real complaints. 
the Purdue loss was kind of rough, but I did say I saw it coming. Uh, it was an 0-3 team, but all their losses were very close and against good opponents. Um, and we just went in there uh, with our heads a bit too high, you know, and not really expecting to be brought down to earth like that. Uh, as, a, as a fan and as a student, I'm excited for the rest of the season. We're going to see some great games, uh, whether, whether they're wins or losses. And as for bowl eligibility, I, I, I'm still confident that we can get there. Uh, sure, we're not ranked right now, and I'm not sure we'll be ranked by the end of the season. But I mean, there's some big names coming here, and if you can take them down, who knows? If we can break the rankings again twice in one season after being pulled out of them, it'd be pretty impressive, and I would be definitely happy to see that happen if we can get a bowl on top of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. And to say uh, that's, I would say it's pretty possible. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not much more to say about the team right now. I'll just pull up their schedule real quick to cap off this topic. We have Louisville at home. Then we have number 16 Miami at home, who doesn't look, like, amazing. I mean, yes, Miami's still Miami. They came back from a very close game against Florida State this weekend. But then we're at Virginia Tech, which is, that's a dangerous trap game, I'd say. That, that game, so when I looked at this schedule earlier in the season, I was actually, or earlier in the season, once it started and Miami had lost, I was actually more afraid of that NC State game away. I really did think they were going to be tough this year. So th- that is a game that I thought we would lose. That was going to be the game I thought we could get past Purdue, and maybe that would be our first loss. Uh, but Purdue happened, that happened. So, But yeah, I'm honestly, I think we can definitely compete with Miami, Clemson is going to be tough, but who um, we said Virginia Tech. That was another game where, if for some reason everything was going fantastic and we were able to knock down Miami, Clemson, Virginia Tech away was going to be the one that got us. I really am afraid of that game as well. Yeah, so am I. And then the last three games, obviously Clemson at home, as we've mentioned, Florida State on the road. They don't. I mean, they're not the powerhouse they used to be. That's a game we could win. However, it's not at home. Syracuse at home, we need to win that, but that's Thanksgiving weekend, and a lot of us aren't going to be here. So, actually, this is a dangerous last six games. Exactly. That's why I'm not very confident in getting that bowl game, you know? Which is sad to think about, considering how we've crushed the first two games. I mean, when, even the Wake Forest game, that was only a one-touchdown win. Maybe you could see the signs there. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to give up on the season halfway through it. We're 4-2. It's still a winning record. and we I think still... I'm just used to teams <laughs> disappointing me. So All right. <laughs> I have to always look negatively and, and not, you know, because in my mind right now, like, I'm, I'm terrified of the Yankees game tonight. <laughs> so, True. you know, we, we just got to stay hopeful, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's the uh, note we end on as the Yankees uh, will get their first pitch in 10 minutes. Uh is to stay hopeful, guys. Yeah, you know. Definitely stay hopeful. It's getting colder outside. You're not going to want to stay hopeful. Stay hopeful. Yeah, well, we've got two more minutes, and we've covered all of our topics. Do you have any? Uh... Yeah, uh, last minute I, I saw today about Chris Bosh potentially oh. <laughs> wanting to join the Knicks. Uh, I'd been watching that game last night, and I saw them interviewing Chris Bosh, and I was, I don't know, I didn't think of any, anything of it. He was just talking about how great Coach Fisdale was. I was like, all right. First of all, why are you there? So, <laughs> like, I haven't seen you in years, and all of a sudden you pop out of nowhere to, to talk about Coach Fisdale. So, it's basically Jurassic Park uh, NBA yeah. edition, honestly. Um, so Jurassic World is back. Chris <laughs> Bosh is back in a big way. And he wants to potentially join the Knicks. And, like, old school Knicks. Not old school, but, like, I don't know, the whole Mellow Era Knicks. Like, that would have been a move. Like, I could definitely see if Chris Bosh was how he is now, I could have totally seen the Knicks totally buying into this bait and and signing him and now i don't really know like they're confident in their young stars i i don't know if going for chris bosh is worth it he'd obviously be off the bench but right i mean hey he he i believe he's missed the last few seasons because of blood clots yeah i really don't know i i'm willing to give chris bosh a workout he just porzingis is hurt i'm not saying you start him but there are minutes to be claimed as a big man for sure and i think he's a enough of a veteran veteran that like he would offer some he would offer some great advice to this young team yeah so i don't know i'd maybe be into letting him have a workout dude why not what's the worst that can happen i don't maybe he gets hurt during it that would be a little scary but otherwise yeah i don't think but if he gets hurt he's he's going back (laughs) home where he was anyway so Uh, it's it's not that big if we can sign him to like a minimum contract maybe and i think he'd take that it's not like he needs money right now yeah he's part of the big three yeah so yeah he wasn't he was did he play this summer in big three no he's been the upcoming he's been out for like two years i'm saying he was in the uh 
LeBron. Oh, LeBron Dwayne. Big Three. Oh no, he didn't play in the yeah, league. Yeah, I thought you meant like the no, Ice Cube Big no, Three. No, no, no. no. Yeah, maybe. Hey, I mean, Dwayne Wade still has another season under his belt. Why not give Chris Bosh another season? Why not? Maybe. I I mean, that's the question we can leave you guys on. I, My answer is give him a workout. Wait. I'll give him a workout. Yeah. I'm fine with Chris Bosh trying to work out. Pretty, I would buy Last time Bosch I saw jersey. Chris Bosh, he was kind of cool. So, like, <laughs> based on the last time I watched Chris Bosh play, he was kind of good. Yeah. I mean, so, I'll take kind of good for the next any day. Yeah, for real. Uh, I if, think I started this off not wanting Chris Bosh, and now I kind of want Chris <laughs> well, Bosh on, on the if, Knicks. If the Knicks don't want him, you can send him the Nets way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, at oh. that point, just don't bother. Oh, man. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this hour of Sports Talk. We were really happy to be back in the Boston area. Yes. And uh, we are both very nervous to watch the Yankees in five minutes. So uh, yep. hopefully you guys tune into that game as well, whether you're Yankees or Red Sox fans. It's going to be a lot of fun. As long as it's not a blowout. Let's make this an interesting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, any closing thoughts? Nothing. Get ready to bump some Sweet Caroline and some New York, New York. Uh, I don't know. I'm hyped for this game tonight. Let's let's go watch. Let's leave you guys so we can go watch. (laughs) Let's go watch. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening once again. You know to check Twitter uh, for any more announcements. That is CT Senior Quotes. And, yeah, we will post our last three episodes all this week so you guys can binge listen. Binge listen. Binge listen. (laughs) We are tired. Binge listen. Binge listen. Get after it, guys. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and have a great week. Bye, guys.